0: Uh, so open up your Bibles to Daniel chapter 7. Um, I think about, uh, how many of you uh, get worried about the future? Confession time. How many of you get worried about the future? Uh, and if I asked you what you're worried about, it would be uh, exciting to hear the diversity of things that we could come up with, the list of things that we could be worried about as a church collectively. Um, there's tons of things, and uh, I, I remember uh, in the last couple of years, I, I was talking to, I bumped into one of uh, the people who live around here, I didn't know him, and um, he, uh, he asked me where I lived, and I, I pointed to where, where our house is, and he goes, oh, you'll be okay. Oh, you'll be okay? Uh, yeah, I think I'll be okay. Why, why are you asking? Why are you saying that? And he says, well, I had a dream one time. And uh, the dream said that, you know, that like there was a, a huge like tidal wave type thing that was going to be devastating for California. And it only went halfway up this mountain right here. So you'll be OK. It, you, you won't you, you'll get wet, but you won't like. And, and I, I thought, I, you know, I didn't say this out loud. This isn't a good thing. I, I thought to myself, you're crazy. But then as I walked away, I go, eh, maybe not, you know, uh, you know, the last couple of years have been kind of wild, you know, what if that did happen? And uh, I, I want to, I, I know that there's a lot of different things that we can fear. I, I know we can fear um, pandemics, we can fear vaccines, we can fear the future, we can fear our government and probably should, um, We can fear our family members, we can fear people in prison, we can fear bad guys coming through the gate, Uh, we can fear a lot of different things. But in those days where those things happen, those things that we didn't put on our radar, what's the most important thing in your life? The most important thing. And it should be simple for you. God loves you. He sent His Son to die for you. His Son went to the cross. He rose again that you might have life. Not just life, but victorious life. And because of what God has done for you, you are part of His forever family. So no matter what happens... He's taking care of you. He's working out his plan. He's got you whether you would live or whether you would die. uh, It's all good. Because of what God has done for you, he loved you so much that he sent his son. And this morning, um, I want to share with you and go over again um, what's going to happen in the future. And in some ways, it's very unsatisfactory Uh, as you go through the scriptures you're going to say well well, what about this and what about this and how's this going to happen and and you know I need more details I need more details and uh, God says no you don't Uh, I'll give you what I uh, desire to give you uh, what you need Uh, but I'm the God of love uh, the God who loved you so much that I sent my son uh, so you can trust me with the days ahead You're secure, not because you have the details, but because you're with the one that he has sent, Jesus, his son. And God is working out his plan uh, to bring conclusion. God does have a future plan. And as we look at uh, this section, especially, uh, you want to say to yourself, aha, this is the plan. He has a plan. He's working this out and I need to get ready for his plan. And to know that Jesus and his followers in the end will win. Last week we looked a a little bit at the rapture of the church, uh, the tribulational period and the second coming of Christ and the the place that the Antichrist will uh, play, the role he will play. And now we're back into the book of uh, Daniel chapter 7, uh, just continuing our study and uh, we're going to look at some of those things again today. If you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to read to you uh, just the last section this morning. Um, starting in verse 23 to the end, we will pick up verses in front of that as well uh, as we go through our study. But this is the part I wanted to read this morning. Uh, God's word says this. Thus he said, uh, "Ask for the fourth beast. Uh, There shall be a fourth kingdom on earth uh, which shall be different from all the kingdoms and it shall devour the whole earth and trample it down and break it uh, to pieces. As for the ten horns out of this kingdom, ten kings shall arise and another shall arise after them and he shall be different from the former ones uh, and shall put down three kings. He shall speak words against the Most High and and shall wear out the saints of the Most High and shall think to change times and, and the law. And they shall be given into his hand for a time, times and a half a time. But the court shall sit in judgment and his dominion shall be taken away to be consumed and destroyed to the end. And the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High. His kingdom shall be an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall shall serve and obey Him. Here is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my thoughts greatly alarmed me, and my color changed, but I kept The matter in my heart. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your constant, everlasting love for us. That you uh, did not love us in a cheap and and temporary way, but you gave your son that we might have life eternal. And God, this morning I pray that we would grab hold of that. That we would, if there are any here who haven't trusted in you, that this would be the day. Uh, And also that we would find ourselves secure for the days ahead. Uh, and we thank you for loving and caring for us in this way in jesus name amen you may be seated uh, so way back when maybe three four weeks ago uh we were in the book of daniel chapter 7 and uh, we got through quite a bit of this i'm going to do a review and just give you a picture and re- reminds you of these things, those of you who uh, have been here, and for those of you who haven't, you can go back and, and look at these things, even listen. Uh, we have these messages up online if you want to catch up. Uh, Daniel chapter 7 is a, a chapter that kind of gives, uh, when, you, when you talk about the rest of the book and the rest of the things that are to come, it kind of gives us a framework um, and like I said, it's just a framework. It's not something that gives us all the details uh, that we would desire. There are more details about the end time in the book of Revelation. Uh, but here in Daniel is an early account of what is to come. As we see this, we, we first see in, in the book of uh, in chapter 7, there are four beasts. And these four beasts connect with four important kingdoms that would have been world powers, world domination. Um, as you, you think about this, Daniel was a captive in Babylon. He's a captive. He was taken from Jerusalem into captivity. And so Daniel had experienced this. As a teenager, he was taken into captivity and then lived really his whole adult life. Um, uh, he, he was more Babylonian than anything because of the time in there, but lived as a captive, his whole life, uh, most, most all of his life in Babylon under different kings. Uh, you remember that the first part of the book of Daniel is the kingdom of Babylon, that Nebuchadnezzar, right? Nebuchadnezzar, this great king, and even Nebuchadnezzar had a similar dream vision uh, as did Daniel in chapter 7, that he understood these things. Uh, that Nebuchadnezzar uh, was confused about his dream. Daniel explained them to him. And then this is another vision similar to that um, in chapter 7. What we see is that there are four, uh, four beasts, if you will. And uh, they go like this. The lion, the bear, the leopard. The leopard. And these three kingdoms, uh, for those who lived in that time, they were incredible. They were incredible world powers. So much so that if you were living in that time, especially if you were a young person, you couldn't have imagined uh, anything more powerful than the kingdom that you were living in. Um, we realize that uh, kingdoms rise and fall, even as we sang uh, in Ancient of Days. That, that's what happens. We can see that in history. But if you were living in the time of Nebuchadnezzar, you would have said, this is going to go on forever. This is going to go on forever. And it didn't. And it didn't. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom gave way to the Medes and the Persians, which gave way to the Greeks, which gave way to the Romans. And, and and what you have here is the them being described as a lion, a bear, and a leper. And then that last kingdom, another beast. Another beast. This one, and, and the word different comes up over and over again. And that Roman... Uh, kingdom different different and it doesn't describe all that is different but um it's wanting us to think there are four but that one is different or special or significant and and part of that is that uh it's going to come again there will be a, a different kind of kingdom in the future like that fourth kingdom And it connects these beasts with it too, like the lion, the bear, everyone's going, yeah, I got you, I got you. And then there's this other beast, and then there's this other beast. And it doesn't give uh, a beast a name, but it shows uh, what kind of beast it is. And that's where we're going to pick up today in verse 7 of Daniel chapter 7. Um, And remember, this is uh, Daniel gaining a vision from God. God is speaking to Daniel, his servant, Uh, This is different where Nebuchadnezzar was a pagan king. uh, God spoke to the pagan king who had to go to Daniel to get the interpretation where now uh, God is speaking to Daniel. I want to remind you too. I know some of you heard it at the end as I read it. Daniel didn't go, oh, I got it. He didn't wake up and go, oh, I got it. No big deal. Uh, You see a, a great fearful anxiousness and uh, his countenance and he was alarmed he uses the word alarmed that this was not something where Daniel goes oh I get how this history is going to play out uh but even Daniel knowing what he knew having walked with God a long time uh this shook him to the core and so we start with the fourth beast uh, verse seven uh Verse seven, it says, after I saw the night, I saw in the night visions and behold, a fourth beast, terrifying and dreadful and exceedingly strong. Uh, it had great iron teeth that devoured and broke into pieces and stamped up what was left of its feet uh, with its feet. And it was different than all the other beats, beasts before it. And it had 10 horns. Uh, first thing you need to know is that uh, it's described not by another animal, but it is described as terrifying, dreadful. Uh, it's, it's a picture is one of, of power and strength and, and not just regular strength of an army. If you study those kingdoms that had gone before, you realize they had strength. They were power. Um, and, and he's trying to make a, a, a statement saying, this one's different. You can study through history and connect one kingdom and nation and the rise of a power of a leader. And you can say, this leader was kind of like this leader and he studied this and so on and so forth. And he says, no, this one is different. And so uh, we get this uh, marking that this is different, both in power and dreadfulness and the idea of strength and what's going to happen. Devoured, broken to pieces and stamped out what was left with its feet. I should say at this time, too, this is worldwide domination. Worldwide. It's not just uh, that they're a superpower. It's controlling the world. Controlling the world. He says it's different. uh, If if you look down in verse uh, 7, at the end of verse 7, it says, And it had ten horns. Uh, verse 8 says i I considered the horns and behold there came uh, up among them another horn a little one and before which three first horns were plucked up by its roots as you see this there's a lot of repetition in there but i i want to go over this and get this in your mind 10 horns uh 10 rulers if you go back to nebuchadnezzar's um dream it doesn't say much about it but it it uses the number 10 again but 10 toes right uh you get this idea of 10. And so as we, we get, put these pieces together, we realize that there will probably be 10 other kings that are going out throughout the world, controlling and leading uh, in this one kingdom. But out of these 10, and the, the picture being uh, that it comes out of, it's, it's a secondary move. There's 10, uh, ten horns and then comes out of them another horn, and it says a little one. Uh, it's gonna, This little one is going to become the focus in the verses that come uh, after this. And then it says of this, before which three of the first horns, three of the ten, were plucked up by the roots. Um, and so we see these. And we'll go on further as it continues to repeat this. We'll see how this is King's and three of these kings are somehow plucked up by this one, this little one. Um, and so you see this, these ten kings somehow jockeying for position and, and power, and three of them failing, and one of them, the, the little one, uh, becoming prominent. We don't get much information in this passage about uh, what this one little horn is going to be like other than this. It says at the end of verse 8, it says, And behold, in this horn were eyes like like that of a man and a mouth speaking great things. And so you see him as a man with eyes to see, speaking great things. And this is going to be a theme coming up over and over again. Speaking great things. As you put this together with what you know in Revelation and as you see this, you realize that he is going to be... a, a. Asserting his power through his voice, speaking of himself as not just a great leader but a deity of God, uh, not um, just simply that he is a god, but that he is greater than the uh, the only God. And so, uh, we see this progress. Verse nine, we move back to the ancient of days, and um, we we went over this two, three weeks ago, but it's so important and such a, a big piece of this. You go from the fourth beast or the, uh, the fourth uh, um, kingdom, and in that kingdom, what do you have? You have this little horn rising up. Uh, and then in verse 9, it moves to... And, and as, you, as you see this, you realize this isn't just a movie of history uh, that Daniel is seeing. It's kind of like a scene, uh, it's like a, a scene where he sees this beast, this fourth beast being greater and more significant, given more detail of what's going on. He sees that. And now it's like he next frame, uh, next scene moves to the Ancient of Days. Verse 9. He says, As I looked, uh, thrones were placed, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was white as snow, and hair... Of his head like pure wool. this uh, His throne was fiery flames. Its wheels were burning fire. A stream of fire issued and came out uh, from before him, and thousands and thousands have served him, and tens of times ten thousands stood before him. The court sat in judgment, and the books were open. What you see now is the Ancient of Days or or Him on His throne. Um, As you see this, we get some um, details about this. The Ancient of Days being God the Father, the one that is before time. And and the picture here is one of kingly authority. You you see thrones and and the Ancient of Days taking the seat on the throne. It's Him sitting there in His authority. The idea of ancient being that uh, of picturing him as his eternal presence, his eternal uh, understanding. And, and and we realize uh, even in our midst right here, um, as those of you who are older, you know who you are. Um, and you see a, a young person saying something and, uh, and, and you kind of smile to yourself and you say, that's just because they don't know anything, right? That's just because they don't know any better. Why? Because your experience would tell you that you've seen this before and you know. Uh, The Ancient of Days, as he looks upon all of creation, and, and I would say it this way, world powers, world powers, not just world powers, but that which is over the entire world. And he sits above that, above that. This is very important. Uh, we get impressed. Um, you think about uh, meeting a celebrity, or or meeting a president, or a uh, uh, you know leader of a country, and and we would shake in our boots sometimes, and we go, you know, who I just met. I took a selfie with them. You know, super important. Like they're super important. And and what we see here is the leader of the world. And really, I would even say it this way, uh, the Antichrist that is to come and, and this amazing power that he is going to display during the time of the tribulation. Amazing. And then the Ancient of Days comes into the scene and he says, nothing. I stand in judgment over all. I, I, I have authority. I have the seat we see the Ancient of Days of authority, of eternality, of purity as well. And what a difference that is from every ruler that we would know, right? Purity. It describes the Ancient of Days as the one, his clothing was white as snow and his hair on his head was pure wool. This picture of pure, purity of holiness and, and, and being undefiled. And, and when we think of uh, rulers, we think, well... They're great men or great women even, but maybe not that great a people, right? Uh, we would di- make a distinction between being a great ruler and a great person, a great athlete, a great person, a great uh, business leader or, or whatever. But are they a great person? Are they ones uh, ones that you can trust and who they are and how they speak? And The distinction here is this, that uh, the Ancient of Days has authority, he, eternality, but also purity, purity. And as we see this picture, and there's more to this picture uh, that we could go through, but you see in that, in his purity, in his eternality and authority, he brings about judgment, fiery judgment. And it's good, it's good, it's good. When you hear of God's judgment in the Bible, uh do not yeah, we um we struggle with that right we, oh why don't you go easy on them right you know we all fail right it's not a big deal you know why why can't we just you know let them all free let them all go it's not that big of a deal everybody makes mistakes and yet when we see the judgment of god know this he's right he's right he's perfect and in his understanding, in his purity, in his position, he goes about bringing about judgment. And then you have the picture of the thousands and the tens of thousands serving at the ready, both to uh, bring about his judgment and to acknowledge him as the one who is worthy. Which brings us to verse 11. Um, and we go back to the beast. You know, this is uh, as we're getting this picture of what is to come, this framework. Verse 11 says this, "As I looked, then uh, because of the sound of the great words that the horn was speaking. And as I looked, the beast was killed and its body destroyed and given over to be burned with fire. As for the rest of the beast, their dominion was taken away, but their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. As you look at this, it's going back and forth between uh, God, uh, His plan being worked out, and what man can do. The the time of man, even as I described that last week. uh, That this is the the day of man, what man can do. And uh, I I would say this, these four kingdoms, uh, including uh, the end time event, it's the most powerful men could be. It's the most controlling and and uh, exerting of power and strength, but even destruction that man can do. And I would even say this, that the enemy of God can do. Um, but what does it say? And it gives kind of conclusion. This conclusion will be gone over again back to this beast, uh, th- this horn, this one leader of this great nation or great world power, or domination of the whole world he says uh, great words once again I, I mentioned that before these great words that the horn was speaking uh, great for the people like saying he could do great things but also him being great um, it says this and i looked the beast was killed the body and its body destroyed and given over uh, to be burned with fire great words the horn speaks killed destroyed burned with fire and then it says this about all the rest of the beast all and for all the rest of the beast their dominion was taken away for their lives were prolonged for a season and a time Uh, i think there's a uh, just stop there for a moment and and know this that um Daniel had seen some of those seasons and times in his lifetime, right? He was an older man now at this time, and he'd seen people come and go, leaders come and go. He'd worked with different kings. And for him to, uh, you know, I I can imagine him as a teenager coming before Nebuchadnezzar and going, whoa, this is the most powerful man in the whole world. Whoa, this is the greatest leader, the most powerful leader in the whole world. Uh, He is to be feared, And, and almost... The idea of like he could be like a god and that's the way people thought of him but what does he say here uh, first of all he says this the little horn the one that is going to rise up in the future in the end and going to be able to control the whole world what what's going to happen to him killed destroyed burned with fire uh we're going to go back to this but uh, this is important for you to know <laughs> uh some of us fear the antichrist and there's there's a sense where that's appropriate appropriate even as daniel uh is alarmed by all that he is seeing there's a sense where that is appropriate but know this that in the end there will be a judgment coming upon him where he will be destroyed uh placed in the lake of fire we'll get to that as well um But this is what we should know about all beasts, about all rulers, about all kingdoms. What happens to them? A time or a season. That's all they get, right? And that there's this dominion or control or uh, ability to lead that is handed out by God, given. And as I shared last week, that idea that uh, God is allowing things, he's got his hand on the wheel, He's got his hand on the wheel and says, You will only go this far. You will only be able to accomplish this much. You'll only be able to be this wicked. Um, and then, as time comes and as God works out his plan, know this that, that they will only go on for a season and a time. We go from uh, the beast back to the beast, the little horn. Uh, We had the Ancient of Days, back to the little horn, and now uh, we come to verse 13. And uh, once again, if you can picture Daniel seeing a scene, seeing another scene, going back and forth like this, you see him in verse 13 coming to a new scene. Um, He says, I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man. And he came to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples and nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away and his kingdom, one that shall not be destroyed. He turns, uh, he sees the ancient of days, he sees this beast that's going to get killed, and then in verse 13, it moves to the Son of Man. To Jesus that is to come. The Christ that they were looking forward to. And what does it say of him? It says that, that he came before the Ancient of Days. He came before the Father. The Son came before the Father. He was presented before him. And what did the Ancient of Days do? He gave him dominion and glory and a kingdom. Now, I want to stop there and say this. That in reality, he did the same thing for Nebuchadnezzar. That that God the Father gave to Nebuchadnezzar. What did He give him? He gave him uh, dominion. Or uh, uh, where was I? There. Yeah. Uh, and to him was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom. This was true of Nebuchadnezzar as well—dominion, glory, and a kingdom. What you see here is this, though: the the temporary state of the beast. The 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 fourth kingdom, this this ruler out of ten, the temporary nature of his rule and reign. And now you look to Jesus, the Son of Man coming before the Father, and to him was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. And his dominion, this is where it's totally different, His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. That's good stuff. That's where our security comes from. That's where our comfort comes from. That's where our confidence of the days ahead come. Uh, I want to tell you this, that... um, This is not um, an American gospel. It's not a Christian gospel. It's not something that is just for a, a small group of people. But look at what it says. That all peoples, nations, languages should serve Him. That His dominion, it'll go on. It'll be everlasting dominion. It will not pass away. His kingdom is one that shall not be destroyed. Uh, like I said, this is going to be repetitious, but it's going back and forth, putting side by side the kingdoms of this world, this life, uh, the things that men and women fear. And then God's plan worked out in his son in an everlasting kingdom, one that will not pass away. You think about uh, what would happen Um what happens through transitions of power uh, you, you think about someone who works in government high up in government and um you know the republicans are in charge and uh but they're they're down in the polls and so uh this person who is needing to work and make their livelihood and their importance is connected in government what do they do they just start backing away right they start backing away and they go, oh, yeah, I really didn't like that guy anyways, you know, and I, I'm not always on the same page with everybody. And and what they're doing is they're setting themselves up for a position in the next government, the next uh, administration, and they're trying to stay nimble and saying, I, I got to go with the winners, right? I got to go with the winners and I, I need to be able to succeed in any and every season uh, I need to be kind of uh, change with the times as the winds change. I need to change, but what do we get when it comes to Jesus, an everlasting never changing kingdom that will be forever, forever and so for us, uh, you know this should be clarifying for us it 's not one foot in the world it 's not one foot following uh, the rulers of this world. It is both feet all out, headlong, diving headfirst uh, on Jesus' team. Why? Because he is the ruler forever, forever. Some of you are, uh, even in this life, as things get more complicated for us and confusing, you're going, who should I listen to? What should I do? Where should I be? And I want to tell you, <laughs> follow Jesus <laughs> follow jesus uh don't don't worry about anything else but follow jesus why because in the end for eternity he will have uh rule dominion glory a kingdom we go to uh, verse 15 um This is what I was sharing with you. Daniel repeats this. He says in verse 15, he says, As for me, Daniel, my spirit within me was anxious. Uh, The high school girls these days, they go, Oh, anxiety, you know. uh, And sometimes when they're driving and I, I share that anxiety. They share uh, the things that make us anxious. And and you, you look at this, but Daniel was in and out of this vision. And he says, it made me anxious. The vision in my head alarmed me. Verse 16, I approached one that uh, who had stood and I asked him the truth concerning this. We assume this to be some kind of angelic being. Um, and so he told me and made known to me the interpretation Of these things, these four great beasts, these four kings who shall arise out of the earth, you know, get this four great beasts, four great kings, um, these horns connected to these kings. Uh, But the saints, listen to this, verse 18, but the saints of the most high shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever and ever, forever, forever and ever. What, what he's doing here is this. He's, he's connecting the victory or the position that the Son of Man uh, received from the Ancient of Days. He's connecting that kingdom, that position. And he says, those who follow the saints, the, the, who are the saints of the Most High, they participate. They uh, receive the blessings of this new kingdom. As, as you see this, it's important for us to remember that this is the blessing. It's not just that we will uh, serve him, but we will serve alongside him. And that's hard for me to imagine uh, that this kingdom that is to come, we receive an inheritance, a position in it uh, because of the victory that was won on our behalf. We move on. Verse 19 Um Verse nineteen, he says this. Then, then I desired to know the truth about the fourth beast. I, I, he just can't get over it. He he keeps going back, and it's uh, I don't want to say it's confusing, but it's intriguing, and he wants to know more. He says which uh, was different from all the rest, exceedingly terrifying. He's already said that which its teeth and uh, and claws of bronze, which devour and broke into pieces and stamped out what was left. Uh, with its feet. In verse twenty, and about the ten horns that were uh, on its head, and uh, the other horn which came up before which the three of them fell, the horn that had eyes and a mouth and spoke great things, and that seemed great greater than its companions. We get another piece there, greater than its companions, meaning uh, rose out and and became greater than all the other kings. Verse twenty one. As I looked, uh, this horn made war with the saints, prevailed over them until the ancient of days came, and judgment was given for the saints of the most uh, was given for the saints of the Most High, and the time came when the saints possessed the kingdom. Uh, we move uh, in verse, verse twenty three to kind of the end of what's going to happen. What it's going to look like. And he, he says, uh, you know, this is what's going to happen. Now I'm going to go into greater detail. Uh, this king is going to trample. Uh, this king is going to go about um, doing and being. Uh, and now we, we come to verse 23. Thus he, sa- uh, thus he said, as for the fourth beast, there shall be a fourth kingdom on the earth, which shall be different. From all the other kingdoms and it shall devour the whole earth and trample it down and break it to pieces. I'm going to stop there. Uh, I want you to um, I mentioned this last week and I just uh, I want you to get this. How how much territory is this going to take in? How many people is this going to take in? Uh, When this event comes to the earth. It's going to be a worldwide everybody event. I, I think about this and I go, um, we. Um, I could talk a long time about globalism. Uh, I don't want to. But I, I think what makes uh, our world such an interesting place right now is this, that we are connected, whether we want to be or not. Um. When you go to Walmart, sorry, I'll say that at the outset, um, and you buy your junk and you bring it home, uh, look at where it was made. Look at where it was made. Uh, there might be something. You might be so lucky as to find something made in the USA. Chances are it was not made in California. Chances are it was not made in Kern County, right? Uh, and so what do you know about that, which you made? Nothing, right? You know what aisle it was on, right? Um, but you also find stuff that was made in China. Oh, huh, shocker. Because um, everything, you know. Um, I, uh, I was taking some Tylenol. I had a, a headache a couple of weeks ago. I just get one every couple of weeks. It has nothing to do with you. It's not your fault. Um, but um, I, I had heard that, and I, I look at my Tylenol, made in China. Made in China. That makes me comfortable, right? You know, if I didn't have a headache before, I had one after, right? But we're connected, right? Uh, there was maybe a world that you grew up in, especially those of you who are older than me, you, you had that sense of grocery store, right? And you knew your grocer. Uh, you lived and, you, know, and uh, you knew where your beef came from because you watched it grow up, you know? Uh, and, and you, you, you kind of had this picture of you knew what was going on. I want to tell you where this end time event is coming. It is not a local issue. It is not. It's a worldwide issue. It's a worldwide, including every nation. Uh, And it's funny because we say, well, I I just can't believe that this would all go about and all these countries that hate each other would be uh, under one roof. I just can't imagine. I want to tell you, it's because you've never seen it before. You've never seen it before. That's why he's telling us about it. But as we see this come about, know this, that it's inescapable, right? I, I joked last week that, you know, Uh, Some of us preppers, we got chickens. I had a, you know, I had a chicken farmer up here. He was telling me about his chickens. I I, want to tell you the bosers have chickens, but that's not going to hold back uh, the end time events. Chickens or an organic garden or uh, bags and bags of rice that are uh, in your cellar or something like that. It's not going to hold back the end time events. I want to tell you this is coming. And so as we look at this, um, I I want us to get in our minds that this fourth fourth kingdom will encompass and devour the whole earth. Verse 24, As for the ten horns, and out of the kingdom ten kings shall arise, and another shall arise after them. Uh, He shall be different from the former ones, and he, he shall put down three kings. That one that is different, that one that is different, Uh, is the one that we see in the New Testament as the Antichrist. He's the one that is different. Uh, Different, not just in, you know, a different color of hair or something like that. More significant uh, than any we've ever seen. And we come to verse 25 and he says, He shall speak words against the Most High. We've seen this over and over again. There's words against the Most High. Uh, And he shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and shall think to change times and law, times and the law. Uh, what we see here is not in detail, uh, but just kind of uh, a framework of what that's going to look like, what he's going to do. He's going to speak. He's going to speak. He's going to speak these things, whatever they are, uh, probably, like I said, things of comfort for the people and the idea of winning the people's affections but also speak uh, about the greatness of himself and also speak of himself being more significant than the one true God and specifically of Christ. He's going to speak. The second thing it says that he's going to do, and this is part of um, what I believe is we will not be a part of, the rapture being before the tribulation, but during that tribulation, there will be some that will come to faith, will be saints of the Most High. And what does it say about them? He shall wear out the saints of the Most High. Wh- whatever that is, whatever that is, it's a persecution and a, a pummeling of God's people during this tribulation time. And when I say pummeling, uh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And, and why should we not worry about it? Um, I don't know if this is wise or not, but, uh, you know, when, when this time comes, if, if I'm wrong, which I don't think I am, but if I'm wrong, and we find ourselves in the midst of the tribulation, and they say that we're going to do a persecution, don't run the other way, run to the front of the line, right? Uh, let's get this deal over, let's, let's expedite, right? We, we stand for God now, why? Because this is temporary. Whatever this is, is temporary. I want to tell you that uh, much of our lives is running the other way from discomfort. It's just running. We're just like, where's the easiest place? You know, where can I get food? Where can I get water? Where can I be safe? Uh, we're doing this mass migration uh, here in our uh, United States of America. We're all moving to Florida, right? Right? Just had a shooting in Florida last yesterday, so you shouldn't move to Florida. Um, I, I just want to tell you, we're, we're looking for the spot where we will be safe and comfortable and we will bounce around and we will say, no, I just got to get to a, a place that we're safe. But I want to tell you what this is talking about. There's no safe place other than with Jesus. There's no safe place other than with Jesus. And so as we look at this, know this, that there will be a wearing out during the tribulation of the saints. It, it says this, too and we don't have a, a great picture of what this looks like, but um, the the Antichrist, the little horn, uh, what he will do. It says uh, that he'll wear out the saints of the Most High, and then it says and and shall think to change of the times and the law. What he's going to take is uh, the world as God has placed it into place, and he's going to think about changing all of it. Uh. Man, I could let my mind go on this one, right? Uh, what, what is a man? What is a woman? Right? Think to change it all, right? What, what is government? What is the role of government? Think to change it all. Think to change laws and create different things and, and, and mess stuff up. And I go, man, this is... Uh, <laughs> I would say this, as we've talked about, this is the spirit of Antichrist. I want to change everything that is God's. Even as I mentioned earlier about uh, multiply and fill the earth, and we go, babies are bad. What? That's ridiculous. You know, if there's anything good in our, our world today, it's babies, right? Um. You know, it's a reminder of God's faithfulness, His goodness, and His kindness to us. That He would He would continue with us, and He would bless our family, right? And so, what you get is the Antichrist being one who wants to change everything that was God's. It's interesting, uh, and we, we don't know all that this means. It says he, he thinks to change this, like He, he doesn't accomplish it. Like uh, I'm sure there's going to be some. Uh, steps of accomplishment, but there's not going to be a way to change all that God has done. Um, And then it says this, and it gives us, I don't want to say a time stamp, but a, a, a time frame. And he says, in verse 25, it says, and they shall be given into his hand for a time, times and a half time, meaning one time, Two times and a half, and one more half, which makes three and a half. Most people believe this is the second part of the tribulation. He's talking about the second part, the one, uh, the part where really the devastation will come. And so we see this second half of the tribulation. Um, we we see what the little horn or the horn. Um, is able to do, or kind of some of the things that are indicative of what's going to happen during that time. And then in verse twenty six, we see the little horn judged, and and this is comfort to us, right? There's there's a sense of wearing out of uh, of God's people during this time. And you say, well, how how is this going to end? Verse twenty six. Uh, but the court shall sit in judgment, and his dominion, meaning the, the little horn, and his dominion shall be taken away to be consumed and destroyed to the end. What we see here is that there will be an end to this. And, and I want to tell you, uh, this is an encouragement to all who would read it, who have to experience it, to be faithful, right? It's not going to last forever. That we can, we can persevere because there's an end. Um, things that are eternally bad, uh, you can't persevere through them. But when there's a a short period of time of difficulty, um, we know there's an end. Um, Even if it's not just the three and a half, the one plus two and a half, um, we see an end to the rule of the little horn. Uh, In Revelation chapter 19 verse 20 and um, I just want to point you to some of these things. I can't handle all of them in, in one morning, but um, this is what it says. And if you look at Revelation, uh, it's towards the end of the book of Revelation and God's working through his things, the, the things that uh, he is bringing about. And in chapter 19, verse 20, it says this, and the beast was captured. That's the same. It's connecting to what we see in Daniel here. And the beast was captured. And with it, the false prophet, Uh, We talked about this uh, last couple of weeks, this idea of the unholy trinity. This is the third person of the unholy trinity, the false prophet who is in its presence, had done signs which have deceived those who who have received the mark of the beast. We haven't talked about that. We will. Uh, But this idea that uh, there will be some who will take the mark of the beast. I want to encourage you that as you're a believer in Jesus Christ, it won't be an accident. It won't be an accident. It won't be, uh, you know, uh, I'll say it this way. Uh, it, it it won't be the vaccine in a sense of like, I didn't know. I thought it was just a medical thing, okay? Don't get that in your mind. Uh, the deception will be not that you uh, have taken something that you didn't know what it was. It was that you rejected Christ in terms of, uh, and turn to the Antichrist. When you start following the Antichrist, that's a choice. That's a choice. Uh, so don't get worried about uh, being um, doing this inadvertently. Okay. Um, no one will do it inadvertently. They will do it in a sense of wanting uh, what the Antichrist has to offer. Anyways, what were we talking about? Revelation nineteen twenty. Um, I received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped its image. And then it says this, these two were thrown alive into the lake of fire that burns with sulfur. Uh, get this picture. Know that there's an end, a judgment that is coming to the Antichrist and his followers. This, is, this will not last forever. This will not last forever. Um, so uh, verse 27. Let's get to verse 27. We're making progress this morning. Um, And the the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High. You get this picture? He goes back again to the uh, bringing in the saints of the Most High, God's people. And His kingdom shall be an everlasting kingdom and all dominions shall serve and obey Him. It connects uh, and uh, I wrote on my notes here, and and He shall reign forever and ever. There's a there should be a song about that, right? You know. I went to a, a, I went to a, um, in Santa Barbara where I grew up. Uh, the big historic church, and or maybe yeah. Anyways, but they would they would always uh, very historic. Um, uh, traditional in the sense that they would sing the hallelujah chorus and they would ask everyone who had sung before and they'd pack it out. And I never sang in the choir. I was a kid and I just, I, and, and you, you're reminded that this is where this is going, right? That he, he shall reign forever and ever. And why is that great is because God's people will be able to partner with him forever and ever. And that there's this inheritance, blessing, connection uh, With the reign of Jesus forever that we as his people share in. Hard for us to imagine, right? We're just the little people. Um, And yet we will share in that forever. Just to stay faithful to the scripture in verse 28, uh, we won't skip this. He says, Daniel says, Here is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my thoughts greatly alarmed me, my color changed but I kept the matter in my heart. And really what we see from here is the rest of the details of Daniel seeing and putting together some more pieces for us. I want to just summarize for us in conclusion today what the plan for the future is. First thing is this, that we should learn from our study here is this, that the Antichrist will have total temporary rule total temporary rule of the earth secondly to know this the son of man after that will have total permanent glorious rule forever Um, put these together they're both happening right temporary rule of the antichrist permanent rule glorious rule forever rule of the son of man and then thirdly this kingdom will be given in partnership to the saints of the Most High. This is our inheritance. This is what we have because of Jesus. We are rich. We are secure. We can handle the days ahead. For what reason? Because of what Jesus has done. Please join with me in prayer. Father God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your word. Uh, God, we ask that you would uh, continue uh, to cause us to think in perspective of what is to come that we would be prepared not uh, by just buying chickens or anything else, but that we would trust in your son, Jesus, that we would understand your love for us, born out in your son, that that what he did as he went to the cross, he, he died, he rose again, that we might have life and that we might be secure, a part of your family forever. And that though this life is filled with difficulty and the tribulation is coming eventually, Uh, that all these events uh, show your faithfulness and you working out your plan uh, and it'll be glorious forever and ever. God, help us to cling to this. In Jesus' name, amen.